This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, 24-7 Critical Response Team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. What's up, Big Dave? Hey, what's kicking, chicken? It's just you and I, man. Just you and me. What, what did you do? Did you scare everybody? I, I missed I one know. week. I know, away. I know. Well, Action Jackson, Chase, his yeah. service dog, had, had a little bit of the... I've never heard of anybody mentioning dog vertigo. Yeah, I just saw... I'm going to have to ask uh, my wife about that. Yeah, they just... Uh, but he's fine now. Seems to be okay, which is good. Yeah, he, he went to 511 Tactical, the grand opening in El Cajon, and I... Maybe you just had one too many. You know what I mean? Yeah, one too many biscuits. Saturday night. Yeah, you know how that... Well, he's a pretty rambunctious dog. Chase so. likes to party. He's all, he is a party dog. He's all business when you see him <laughs> in his getup, but that guy likes to party. And we're sorry to hear that uh, Alicia's not feeling well. She's a little under the weather. She likes to party, too. I know. She just probably just, you know, hammered down, as the old saying goes. They were probably both, uh, you know, doing some kind of shot contest or something. So. All it, right. So let's, uh, why don't we do the, uh, why don't we go around the uh, around, around the, the horn? horn. You <laughs> First up, Gail from San Diego. Gail Raymer. Are you there? Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. So first, I'm going to get the business part out of the way. Then we're going to have some fun. All right. Fire so, away. Our lovely members, we have uh, some shooting socials coming up. We have one on the first for the young Republicans. Yep. That'll be a great way to get them out and, and working on their firearm skills. On Sunday, the second is the San Marcos Spring Fling. So we're going to expect expand our horizons a little bit and go to, you know, place that's not a gun store. So we're going to give that a try. So I know that uh, Becker was looking for some more volunteers there. Yep, we need volunteers. But now let's get to the fun part, guys. Yesterday was the biggest blast ever. (laughs) What was it? It was fun out at 5-11. Yep. We had people coming by the booth all day long. I was going to just go and do a drive-by in the beginning, see how it was going, come back later at the end of the day, get the tickets. But um, it was just such a great energy there yesterday, and everybody was having such a great time that I couldn't leave. It was cool, wasn't it? I was there for uh, until I went up to uh, Inland Empire's meeting, but it was a very good event. There were a ton of people there. It was uh, At times, uh, it was a sea of San Diego County gun owners' hats and shirts. Um, I thought it was and really great. There's that we took yesterday then so our members can go look online and see if they made the cut um but the best part was everybody coming by really excited 
for their potential to win a ticket to gun prom. Oh yeah, yeah. You and want I'm me hope- to? I think I have. Uh, I think I have that. Oh, wait, wait. Do it. I, I don't know if I have that winner. No, you have the training. Okay. I've got gun prom. Oh, you do. All right. So you you have the winner for the gun prom ticket. Yes, I've got a winner. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Ready, let's ready. Do we have a drum roll? Go ahead. Dotacion. Congratulations. Now, how does he? How does he pick up his? How does he get his ticket? I'm going to give him a call in just a few minutes, and um, we will get that arranged. I'll get him in the hopper, and we'll just have a ticket set aside for him. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Gail. So we need some uh, volunteers, so go to sdcgo.org slash volunteer, or just go to sdcgo.org and click on the little volunteer tab and help Gail out. We have two events coming up where we need uh, mentors and we need tabletop folks. Please help us out. Awesome job, Gail. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys have a good one. Okay. All right, Heather Hawk from Orange County, you're next. Hey, how's everybody doing? Fantastic. (laughs) Good. I've been hanging around up here today. I took a high angle rescue course to stop the bleed, so I was hanging off a ninety foot tower. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, put, put a tower in your backyard so you can stay. Are you calling from the top of the tower right now? No, no. Oh, I, I was cool. done. I'm just about home. So <laughs> that would have been fun if it would have been earlier. I could have, but. Yeah. Well, you got to go to Coda in Texas. It's a racetrack. They have a tower that's 250 feet in the air, and the floor, once you get to the top, is glass. Ooh, that's not good. Wow. I couldn't do it. I'm not doing that. Nah, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> so what's going on in Orange County, Heather? Uh, well, this weekend I took uh, Linda Yee. She's one of our members that won a range day with me for my birthday. I did a drawing for her. I took for her, and well, for the, the members, and I took her to Route 66. Um, we had a couple other friends there that came with her, so we got to go shooting for the day. Um, and then, uh, we had a tabletop at La Havre Detail Garage, uh, for uh, their rides and coffee this morning. So that was a lot of fun. Got to see some nice cars. Um, we have our CCW seminar coming up on Monday via Zoom. Uh, anyone interested can find the information on our website, ocgunowners.com. Um, and then we're going to have a tabletop next Saturday at On Target in Laguna Niguel. So I also get to pick up my new firearm out of gun jail there that day. So if you want to come see it. What'd you get? <laughs> come volunteer. I got a Henry 357 uh, carbine, the lever action. Oh, that's my yeah, rifle. That's awesome. <laughs> that is. Uh, and made in America, by the way, folks, in case you don't know anything about Henry. Yeah. Oh, I bet yeah, you cannot wait to go shoot that. I can't. I've been looking for one for a while. They're very hard to find, and it just—they uh, were laughing when I came in. They said that we literally just got this in. I'm like, I know. I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. What else? Anything else up in Orange County? Um, don't don't forget to our gun prom ticket system is live. So if nice. you go to gunprom.com, you can go and reserve your tickets or a table. Um, bring seven of your friends along and get a table, and everybody hang out and have a good time. It's on May twentieth. Uh, doors open at 5.30 at the Orange Hill Restaurant in Orange, California. Perfect. Thank you so much, Heather. Awesome job. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Next up, we have Carla from Inland Empire. Carla, it's been so long. I know. You guys always save the best for last, though. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
So yesterday we had our monthly meeting at Sidelines in Marietta, and it was a great turnout. Uh, we had a, one of our board members, Mike Pettengill, who was also on Gun Owners Radio not too long ago, mm-hmm. do a quick modified Stop the Bleed class. Um, at the last minute, unfortunately, our speaker wasn't able to show up uh, that we had planned, but he filled in in a pitch and uh, knocked it out of the park. So we were excited about that. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be at uh, the Elks Lodge in Hemet for the Hemet San Ysidro Congress of Republican Clubs, speaking to them about our organization. And then we have two events coming up. The first one is Saturday. It is our uh, monthly shooting social and barbecue event. And it is open to not only Inland Empire, but it's open to San Diego and Orange County as well. You can go on IEGO Gun Owners or IEGunOwners.org and under special events and purchase tickets. It's $45 and you get to come out and you have barbecue. There's a, a steel target pistol competition that we're going to be having. Um, our instructor Shane Reagan will be out there and it's just going to be a great time with friends. Um, and then we are co-hosting a town hall called Fighting Crime and Protecting Yourself in South Riverside County, along with Reform California. And that is going to be held on April 29th in Marietta. Um, so you can go to the uh, special events calendar also and sign up for that as well. Awesome job. Fantastic. You want to squeeze in that CC? No, nope, we'll do it in the next second. All right, right here on Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Friend of the show. Oh, you're going to be Jackson. 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 Okay. Friend of the show, Second Amendment activist and award winning author. John Petrolino is next. Let's see what kind of shenanigans the Penn Patriot has been up to. All right, but first, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now. 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon. That's John Dillon, California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. And before we go to John Petrolino, Petrolino yeah. easy for, easy for easy me for to, you say. to say. Uh, we're, I need to announce the member that won the CCW certification course. From Mike Pettengill, who was, of course, on the show a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. which was a great interview. Mike Pettengill was a really great He's interview. Really I was I, I watched him uh, at the meeting yesterday, too, give a Stop the Bleed uh, mm-hmm. uh, course, and uh, what a great guy. So his company is Personal Protection Academy, and the winner is <laughs> Sasha Travasos. I hope I said that wrong. I just know her as Sasha. <laughs> yeah, I just call her Sasha. Congratulations, Sasha. We'll get a hold of you later and make sure that you get your prize. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, one of my favorite guys in the whole world. Hey, he said I was. I, I, well, I said one of. Oh, That's gotcha. Why. It's a one of. <laughs> one of my favorite guys in the whole world. Really, really, truly 
uh, great and talented uh, writer and author and uh, just an all-around great guy, and he's been so helpful. Such a good friend to Gun Owners Radio and San Diego County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners. John Petrolino, the Penn Patriot. How are you, man? Hi, Michael. How are you tonight? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's it's great to be back on the show with you guys. I really appreciate the invite. Dave, so John is uh, way smarter than I am. Yeah, well. We know that. Yeah. So he, he says to me about an hour ago, he goes, hey, man, you want me to come on at, and he throws out this big, huge, like, you know, number at me. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I had to, I'm sitting there looking it up, trying to figure out what time he's. <laughs> He's like, you want me to come on at forty seven thousand hundred and twenty two? I'm like, what? Is Did he, he use military time? Yes, and you couldn't figure it out. And I said, we need you to call it at four four p. I didn't even say I didn't even say Pacific time, Dave. Yeah. Let, me, let me help you. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, I said four ten California time. Four ten. <laughs> he likes to do that. He asserts his. his I'm just uh, curious how many pins he's gone through. How many pens? <laughs> yeah, the Pen Patriot. I can imagine he's gone through boxes. Well, it made you think about well, it. Yeah, really. I, I, I'm using my, my laptop a lot ah, more now, Dave, ah. than, than the pens, but, the, you know, it's, it's all good. Hey, don't feel bad. I, I was telling somebody on uh, on TV when I do my little – no, on radio. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll get you the show. We'll put it on a thumb drive, you know, or a CD. And everybody says, a what? <laughs> a thumb drive? Come on, Dave, get into the 20th century. But hey, what can I say? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So let, let's talk. Let's. I, I want to. There's so much I want to talk to you about, John. Um, there's so much we can talk about, and I'll bet you we could go on for hours and hours. But let's just kind of start. Tell people where, if, if people want to see what you write, people want to follow you. Where, where are they going to see you most, or what's what's your website, or where you know who do you write for? Give a little background. Sure. So um, my my webpage is thepenpatriot.com. Uh, the the best actual way to follow me is on my link tree link uh, tr dot ee forward slash uh, j petrolino iii um, and I believe there's a link to that uh, on my website and uh, the places where I primarily write are going to be bearing arms uh, and ammo land those are where I I do most of my work I also uh, write and do some articles for the second press. And also, there's a new site that I've been, I have been—I just did an article for called News2A.com. And uh, our good friend Charlie Cook also has an article out on uh, News2A.com. And I definitely want to give a big shout-out to those guys because they're, uh, they're in it. There's a group of Jersey guys that saw an issue, that, and it was great. They were fed up, so they did something, and they created their own site. And now they're putting out more 2A journalism, so maybe we'll see some more out of there uh but primarily uh if you if you want to find me my website's a good place and then of course facebook uh the pen patriot the pen patriot on facebook now how did you get into writing i've always been interested in writing it's always it's been something that i've been drawn to i say always like since like high school so um and i've been actively writing for over 23 years now um journalism in the 2A world since like 2015. So, um, but I've always been drawn to it. Well, how did, I guess that's the real question is how did you transition from someone who likes to write to someone who's getting published? That's a great question, Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so the, I should have my uh, own radio show or something. Right? You there's should. A, there's a, <laughs> there's a moniker of uh, saying, you know, you've got to get published 
you've got to be published to get published. And, and there's a little bit of truth in that. Uh, with the two-way stuff, I really wasn't pursuing it, which is funny. I, I um, stumbled upon an advertisement, actually, uh, for a site that's out there today. Now, they didn't publish my work, but they gave me marching orders and they're like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. I wrote an article, and then the guy uh, completely cold-shouldered me, and uh, he just completely ghosted me. And I was like, I had this great article that I put a lot of time into. And, uh, and a long story short is I actually reached out to the, the guys at Ammoland, got with uh, Freddie Real over there, and he and I had a chat. And he said he would give me a, give me a shot, and uh, you know, he kind of published it. And then from there, it was just a matter of, submitting and trying to build relationships so that you know it takes some time that part of it must be tough i mean i've you know had to do some writing for the organization and you do you do a bunch of research and you do a bunch of you know brain dumps and and then you do a bunch of editing and then you ask somebody to take a look anyway you pour your heart and soul into this thing you know and then it takes you put it out there and it takes somebody you know two and a half minutes to read it you know and then it's over and it's like (laughs) ah All that way, you know, like how do you how do you deal with that? You know what I mean? Is it is it kind of a letdown? You know, after first and foremost, don't read the comments. That's my first advice: <laughs> is do not read the comments, uh, and definitely uh, bask in the in the sunshine of praise when you do get it. I think for me now, it's you know because I put out I put out a lot of work now, not as much as some people. So like you know, over at Bearing Arms. You have Cam Edwards and Tom Knighton, and these guys are pumping out six-plus articles a day. I mean, these guys are machines. Now, granted, this is what they do for a living. I mean, this is my side hustle. But still, for my side hustle, um, I did the math. It was um, with with Ammo Land. I've been with Ammo Land for like two and a half years officially with a byline where, okay, this is my home. This is where I can hang my tile. And Bearing Arms, it was two years ago on last Sunday that I had signed my papers with Salem to be a quote-unquote consultant to do writing for them. And where I'm at is, uh, in that two years, I've written probably 500 Second Amendment articles, Mike. Wow. And, yeah, so I, I write it, I put it out there, and I move on. Now, there are some articles that I feel have... You know, if it's not just an opinion piece or something that's trying to debunk um, some bad reporting or, you know, point out hypocrisy, if we're doing something like some of the work that you and I have talked about in the past, like some harder news reporting, like the things that were going on in California or uh, that member of the training organization that was kind of a little bit less than authentic, <laughs> You know, so certain articles like that, I'll definitely push more, and maybe I'm looking for more of a response. But I'm kind of at the point where I just write it, I put it out, and then I move on, and I hope for the best. You yeah. know, what's the what is the what's like the best kind? I know you said don't read the comment section, but you and I both know that we we read the comment section. <laughs> Do you, or I don't know, maybe you don't, maybe you're sincere. But is there a comment? What's what's like the best comment you've ever read under uh, under your under a, a story you did? The the article, I think it was the article on that company that was doing inauthentic advertising for their training. Yeah. Lee, Lee Williams commented, 
And Lee uh, said that this was like great reporting. So for me, that was like wow. really tremendous because I really respect Lee. I think he's a hell of a journalist. He's a real news guy. Um, and I have a lot of respect for him. So getting a comment like that from Lee was like really a big boost. Um, that's awesome. So far, that's been one of the best. And yeah. it, it also feels good when you see people like sharing your work. So when you find it in the wild, you're like, oh, I, I know that guy. That's me. <laughs> my, can I tell you what my favorite comment was when I read the comment section? Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, um, we did this. It was actually it was for a, a TV appearance. We did a press conference. And I think I probably told this story before, but it still cracks me up. Um, one of the TV stations started started uh, uh, broadcasting early, and uh, I'm standing up there. It's it's like July. I'm in a suit. It's hot, and uh, you know. So they're like, "Hey, we're gonna start in 30 seconds or whatever, right?" And I'm like, "Okay." So I grab a towel and uh, you know wipe my face off and get all ready to go. Well, this TV station, like I said, was already broadcasting. So the first comment was, he's sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike, when you found the story, I thought you were going to come up with it, your favorite comment that somebody made about my work. I, I didn't know. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> everything, no. everything I see about you, everybody respects your work. I don't ever see any criticism. I, you do such a good, I, thorough job. I don't know, Michael. I, it's funny because I get some weird hate mail from once in a while. Hmm. I did a story on the New York State Jewish Gun Club. Mm -hmm. I started getting, like, anti-Semitic hate mail. Um, oh, there was one time I did a story that I had an anonymous source, and, and the source was an elected official. So, like, I was trying to be very careful to cloak their identity, and I used non-gendered language to really cloak who this individual was. Somebody sent me hate mail accusing me of, you, you know, being woke, <laughs> and uh, not using gendered language. I said, look, this was a, an anonymous tipster. I said, I'm taking it to the extreme where I don't want to, you know, divulge the person's gender. And I think, you know what? I think that's fair, you know? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Anti-Semitic? What is it? It's 2023. Like, who's, who's anti-Semitic in 2020? It cracks me up. Like, what what world are we living in? Like, catch up, guys. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk to you about some of your articles, John, specifically. Um, as, uh, well, we'll talk about when, you, when we get back. But there's, uh, that sounds some, good to yeah, me. Okay, perfect. All right, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1178. The answer. <laughs> hey, Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County's self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and you want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join OCGunOwners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the do-something organization to restore and defend the Second Amendment. Volunteer at a shooting social, at a gun shop, tabletop, to help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Save the date. Orange County Gun Owners Prom is May 20th. You need to become a member, and you can do it by joining OCGunOwners.com slash join. All right, we're back with the Pen Patriot, John Petrolino. So, John, you, um, like you said, this is a side hustle. Um, it's, you know, it's very, it's very niche um, writing. 
Um, but how much do you pay attention to, um, you know, the media in general? Like how much do you, you know, follow other media and, uh, you know, kind of stay up on, on, on not so much stories of the day, but like media stories. Does that make sense? Like, did you follow the Twitter thing and, and, uh, you know, do you kind of, do you weigh in and have opinions on that sort of stuff? So I have a news ticker for like half a dozen or more news apps on my phone. So I'm constantly getting bombarded by mainstream media news ticker items. So if there's something going on in the country, I'm finding out about it just as organically as everyone else. So I follow the news. So then obviously if something, you know, tickles my fancy, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a read into it. It's for Twitter and um, social media. And if you mean like social media as a source of news, I kind of do cruise the pages. I find a lot of really, really good stuff actually on Facebook. I know it's like the okay boomer thing here, <laughs> but Facebook, I really do get a lot of good news tips out of that. Um, and I find that to be beneficial to, to be engaged. And then of course there's people like you got the army of people that are out there that are sending tips over so well that's, that's also helpful specifically i mean you're you're you know you're a media figure you're somebody that's that's you know pumping out uh stories and and doing research and that sort of thing so when i was talking about twitter i meant like uh you know the when they dumped you know matt Taibbi um got to evaluate all the um twitter emails and, and found out the relationship between tw twitter and the and the government did you follow that story much i mean i just a little bit, not not a whole lot, because again, I'm looking at mostly Second Amendment news. So, you know, maybe I kind of pigeonhole myself, but th this does obviously it affects us because what was going on at Twitter um, regulated Second Amendment related news. So, uh, but I didn't dive deep into that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, just the relationship and and the way media is going these days and that's kind of where i was going with these questions is you know 10 15 20 years ago you couldn't have you couldn't really have like you know maybe you had somebody that was kind of producing like a local newsletter or something like that but the ability for reporting to be someone's side hustle and that person to be an expert on what they're writing on and that content to make it to all 50 states, you know, in a meaningful, timely way, that's new. And I think it's extremely valuable. And I think it's what you're doing and, and folks like you, it, it's, uh, it, you know, I think it's put, uh, you know, kind of mainstream media. Yeah, I, I hate that term. It's it's kind of become such a – but it's put mainstream media on notice that, hey, you guys don't control the airways anymore. You know, there are people like John Petrolino that can really research this stuff and really get to the bottom of it and care about quality. You're, you're right. And there we are now uh, probably as far as information age, like at the most powerful point that we've been ever right in, in, in history. And it's funny that you talk about mainstream media and the, that moniker. I'm not really in love with it either, because when you say mainstream media, what does that make me? That doesn't make me, <laughs> right. all right, I'm not mainstream, but I mean, I'm kind of media, you know? Uh, so am I just like less than mainstream media? Am I, you know? You're deep water uh, media. <laughs> deep water deep. media. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but, but 100%, Michael, uh, voices are being empowered today in ways that weren't imaginable, like you said, like 15-plus years ago. You had people that were blogging and stuff like that, absolutely. But today, I feel like it's lickety-split. Yeah, and which is good and bad. In your case, it's it's phenomenal. It's great that we get to have this voice, someone that knows what they're talking about, someone that get to the bottom of the, of stories that maybe mainstream media would just kind of schluff off. But on the other hand, um, you know, anybody with a with a keyboard, you know, um, and it, it kind of muddies the water. And uh, I think that it's it's easier for people to wind up and stay in their own bubble too. But you know the good and the bad it's it's it feels like we're in this like transition you know era it feels like 10 15 20 years from now we'll have it figured out but right now we're kind of i don't know we're kind of feeling our way through the dark you know <laughs> well i'm afraid about 10 15 years down the line with uh automatically generated articles through ai and things like that so 10, 15 years down the line, we might be looking at some tremendously scary stuff where, you know, my job might be just editing something that AI created and then that becomes my article because I fact-checked it. And that would be awful in my opinion because I do have a writing style um, that I'd like to think is not a easily to replicate and it's a writing style that not everyone likes. I, I know that. Uh, but the people that like it do like it a lot. So, how would you describe your writing style? I guess it's. I definitely am in the in the camp of like the new journalism. I put myself into the story, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, yeah, I'll write a lot of stuff third person and more, you know, impersonal. But I consider myself like new journalism. Like the some of the articles that. Um, that you highlighted one of them. I mean, I was there, you know, I was present for it. And not only was I present for it, you know, the people that are there that were plaintiffs in that court case, I'm members of those organizations. So uh, by default, I'm part of the story, just like you always say this. And it's great. I love that you say this. You say, if you're a member of San Diego County gun owners, you're a part of this lawsuit. So that's part of history. Yeah, truly. Okay, so let's talk about some of your articles, and I want to I want to take you. We, we have a few minutes left in this segment, but then we're going to take you over to the next segment too. Oh, um, cool! That's your fault. You've been interesting, so we're punishing you by uh, keeping you on longer. So you know my requirements. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> um, so uh, the study uh, you wrote an article that says study finds patterns in instances of mass slash active shooters. Talk about that article. Well, first of all, the study used people from California. So I'm sorry to, <laughs> to put that out there, but okay. So now we're doing this based off of California, uh, gun owners or, uh, California related so-called mass shooting or active shooting events. And my issue with the seed study and the article that was going on here is the reporting that attracted me to the study is talking about mass shootings and active shooting events. And you know, right there, it took me like 30 minutes to meander through all that because there's a difference between what's considered a mass shooting and what's considered an active shooting event. An active shooting event as defined by the FBI versus mass shooting defined by whomever. Right. So there's all that problem. And then there are 
coming up with these criteria to say from like the the 80s and the 90s to present date, what are some of these hallmarks of somebody that might be a mass shooter or an active shooter? And, you know, one of them was like, oh, you know, uh, that individual spent the last uh, year or last couple of months buying lots of handguns or they bought a rifle. I'm like, oh, okay, like this is some real brainiac stuff, but even if we want to look at their findings on what they're saying, uh, they breathe oxygen, right? Right. None of that matters. Like, you know what? Their findings, in my opinion, don't matter at all because there was only 22 test cases. So how are you going to do a study with 22 test cases that span decades? Well, one thing I really think we need to do, and I don't know how to do it. I don't know who's the most appropriate but you, you, you brought it up uh, just now, and I, I think it's extremely important um, for communication and to, to figure out how we're going to solve the problem that we need, we need better terminology. They use you know, mass shooting or school shooting or whatever, and then come to find out you know, if, if uh, you know, five gang members uh, meet in the street and uh, you know, uh, another five gang members and they all shoot each other, that's a mass shooting. And if they do it, you know, a hundred yards from school, it's a school shooting. You know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, that's that's not. Those are, uh, you know, ten career criminals that are uh, doing what career criminals do, trying to solve that problem. You know, by and and with the same steps we're taking to solve the problem of a, you know, of a of a. Of some you know loner who's got mental issues and he goes into a school during school hours and, and shoots the place up, they're they're completely and totally different solutions. They're completely and totally different um, situations. But you know the other side, the anti Second Amendment side, the anti gun side, it behooves them and benefits them at you know to pad the numbers by calling these all you know one thing. All these are mass shootings. And I do think right. we 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 got we I don't know we got to better define this stuff. We got to come up with. We should probably we being the gun owner community should probably be the, you know, the thought leader on this thing. We should probably take a leadership role and say, hey, look, you know, we have five different terms with five different uh, you know definitions because we're going to need five different you know solutions to solve these problems. And maybe the answer to that is legislatively. You know, I don't know. Like, to actually have legislation written to define these things on a federal level and get with the agencies, you know, the criminal justice division and say, look, these are the definitions and these are the terms. Because we know places like the gun violence archives and and all of those places are very inauthentic. They are, you know, purposefully inflating their numbers and they rely on just conjecture and and media reports, and not to be like, hey, you can't trust the media, but I'm like, if you're going to use the media and a media report that hasn't been confirmed through uh, police action or police reporting, that's wrong. That's not a statistic. That's just a rumor. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So what, what kind of reaction did you get from your article? Did, was, it, uh, was it positive? Did you get some pushback, or how did it go over? No, I think that one went over pretty well, and it was funny because somebody that I, I was doing a radio show with last week had sent me the seed on that, and we didn't even discuss it after I wrote the article. It was pretty funny. Hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. One more segment. We're going to talk about a couple other things that you've done. 
right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Oh, you're lagging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gun <Gunners> Radio. <laughs> FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. You can check out this deal just for gun owner radio listeners. Check it out. One hour of ground school, one hour of flight. Actually fly with an instructor, normally $400. For you listeners, $350. Getting started is super easy. Call 858-569-1822 or learn to fly with SDFTI. Call today at 858-569-1822. I may try that. I go up there every Saturday and say I get a free flight. Get a free flight every every Saturday. (laughs) Like, hey, can you guys get me to L.A.? (laughs) Yeah, right. Hey, I need to go to Denver. You got got anybody going that way? (laughs) <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Hey, are you going to do Action Jackson's question to the man? What's your favorite gun? Yeah. All right, sure. Action Jackson, if you're listening, this is for you, bud. Uh, John Petrolino, the Penn Patriot, what's your favorite gun? I'm not answering that. Jackson's not asking. Ah, <laughs> good point. You know what's funny? Uh, so we were at uh, we were at an, a grand opening for 511 yesterday, which went tactical. really, really well. 511 Tactical went really, really well. The 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 mayor of El Cajon, Bill Wells. Oh, I, was he there? He was there. Introduced him to uh, uh, introduced him to uh, Jackson. Yeah, and uh, you know he said, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Immediately, the mayor said, "Oh, yeah, my favorite gun is <laughs> just launched right in. Didn't even get an opportunity to ask. <laughs> Did he get the key to the city? It. No, he didn't get the key to the city. But. No, man. So, John, what 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 article have you been? Uh, what's one that really stuck out in the last? Uh, few months what's one that you're particularly proud of that you really want to draw attention to so something i did that was was a first for me it was pretty cool i went to court um as you know that new jersey much like new york wrote a carry killer bill to yeah. squish what level of carry we have in the state and uh we we're challenging that law and uh it's in federal court and there's a temporary restraining order on on the carry killer law well a couple of weeks ago on a friday um i get i guess it would have been not this last friday the friday before uh they were having a hearing for the preliminary injunction Mm -hmm. and uh i went to camden i went down to uh the federal courthouse and i sat in and listened to anjrpc and saf and um uh, who else was there, FPC and all the other organizations uh, litigating against this horrible law against the state, and that was pretty cool for me. Wow. What what stuck out in the, in the process? Was there something that stuck out or surprised you? What really um, – well, it was neat because I felt like I'm in like a TV show now, like watching the court battle go on. I've, I've, I've never sat in court for anything other than maybe like a minor traffic ticket. So mm-hmm. um, this was a new thing. So to sit in federal court, that was pretty cool. Um, the judge was really awesome. Judge Baum. And she actually, 
if you could get your hands on like the transcript of the audio recordings that are out there, you can see that she was really, I'm not going to say 100% on our side because like our side is almost like zero regulations. (laughs) (laughs) If if I had to take a stab at it, I don't think we're going to get to a point in my lifetime where like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've taken taken away too many restrictions. We're going to have to stop taking away restrictions. I don't think we're ever going to see that in my lifetime. But Judge Baum uh, basically called out the state a couple of times, and one of the times she said it at the end, because they had litigators there also representing the Senate president and the Assembly speaker. Like They wanted to intervene in the case because they were afraid the state was going to screw it up. Well, let me tell you something. The guy that they brought out, I think I... I referred to him as standing there like a brick wall and his arguments and uh, everything that he had to say made him sound as obtuse as one of the bricks in that wall uh, because this guy was bad. Uh, And she basically said to him, you know, the state's you're basically telling me the state's stance is we don't want anybody to have guns, period. And uh, it was pretty glaring to hear the judge actually say that. And she she took some shots also at the AG. Our AG had sent like a letter saying, basically, listen, you guys need to speed up this, you know, injunction process because we're going to go over your head to the, to the Third Circuit and we're going to, you know, file for an appeal for the TRO. And she wrote a nice scathing letter back basically saying, you're the ones who gave me the timeline so, you know, mind your P's and Q's. And uh, it was funny. So at the end of the you know proceedings, it was like we were there like four, four and a half hours. It was a long day. And the, the gallery was filled with members of the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. It was all gun people in there. There was two other reporters, and they were all gun people. It was really great. Mark Cheeseman, who was a plaintiff in several cases, was there, and a bunch of other great patriots. And... Uh, she had said uh, when they were giving orders on uh, to the attorneys, like, I want 10 more pages out of you guys because we didn't get to cover everything. And, uh, you know, the state asked her, you know, well, when did you want to have these 10 pages back? She says, you tell me. I don't want to be accused of being too slow. So Do you – I really truly wonder, and I don't think – you and I probably don't have enough experience – being in front of judges, thankfully, um, to to really answer this question. I really do wonder if there are any judges out there that aren't left or right. I really truly wonder if there are some legitimately pure judges out there um, who, who, uh, you know, no matter what their personal beliefs are, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just that it really does seem like it's, it's a left or right world, you know, with, with these judges. When it comes to biases though, you know, I could sit here and say, well, she's not biased at all because she's looking at the Constitution. So does that make her a right judge or does that make her a just judge? I don't know. Um, they did get their orders. They've got their marching orders from the, the Supreme Court. And what states like New Jersey and New York have done since those marching orders came out is egregious. It's basically spitting in the face of the court. You guys are on that crazy train soon. You guys are going to get hosed. Maryland's going to get hosed. Um, I think Hawaii's got a whole bunch of laws that, uh, bills that are in queue. And I also think next year, my suspicion is 
Massachusetts is also going to be getting canned. You know, I think they're going to get it pretty bad because you look at all of these left of center administrations, they're just going apoplectic. And the fact of the matter is this is only a couple of isolated cities that have these strongholds in these states that really push the agenda in certain areas. Like Illinois is the perfect example, right? Why, why, why is Illinois the perfect example? Well, Chicago. I mean, Chicago runs the state. Yeah. Massachusetts, Boston runs the state. So outside of Boston and, say, Springfield and Worcester, a couple of other cities, there's not tremendous metropolitan areas uh, in Mass. You know, Massachusetts is run by Boston. New York is run by New York City. So you have these giant population centers that are driving the bus, and they can't handle that, like, let's say in New York, you have a whole population of people carrying guns with no problems all over upper state New York or upstate New York. Massachusetts is like 95% was shall issue. In practice, there was a couple of areas that created problems, but those problem areas, and it's no different with California, those problem areas are going to go and they're going to ruin it for the people that actually had their permit. I mean, I was able to get my permit in New Jersey finally, and now they basically nullified it with a new law, but now it's on a temporary restraining order. So this is like a divorce that I just want to see play out and be over and done with. It really is. And that really is. It's not, I, I, there, I, I, you know, I haven't fully fleshed this out yet, but it needs to be fleshed out. It's not left versus right. It's not Republican versus Democrat. It's not conservative versus liberal. It's not progressive versus libertarian. It's really, uh, if you really look at it, it's rural versus uh, urban. And, and, and because it's the same in Arizona, it's the same in Nevada, it's the same in, in, uh, you know, in every state. It's these, you know, the big cities are the ones, you know, you look at Texas, you know, you look at, you know, Houston, Austin, Dallas, you know, they're, they're totally different than the rest of the state. You look at Florida, which is very gun friendly, but the only reason it's gun friendly is because Miami hasn't uh, outgrown the rest of Florida yet. But even, you know, Miami and Orlando, you know, those populations. And I don't really know, maybe someone's already studied this, are people that live in, in cities different because they live in cities or do different people move to cities? You know, I don't That's know. That's a good question. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think people that live on top of each other tend to behave differently. And then if you're and then and then, you know, and then also attract people that want to behave differently. So it, it kind of compounds the, the the issue. But it's it really is an extreme. And I've talked about this before in in California. Um, you know, the fact that we don't have, uh, you know, our Senate is now they redraw districts according to population, which was not the design of the Constitution. And so we really don't have a bicameral house. It's just a majority rule state. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I just drove I just did a big trip from Redding uh, all the way down to San Diego and following the five, there were signs all over the place talking about the drought and, and, hey, you know, governor, give us water. And that's those are the kind of issues that, that crop up when L.A. and San Francisco run the whole state. You know, they don't it, – it's not just guns or, or even taxes. You know, you start uh, – you know, rural areas have very, very different needs than, than, uh, uh, than the cities. But anyway, John – you're awesome, man. I awesome. can't say enough good about you. I think we're going to see you at Gun Prom, aren't we? We'll see. I'm not really sure yet. I haven't. That done sounds my like a yes. Yet. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll see. All right, buddy. Appreciate having you on. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment right. That's iegunowners.com slash join. Okay, Gun Owners Radio Range Day is happening on April 23rd. If you have not heard about it, now is the time to sign up. Uh, you get to shoot outdoors, you get to shoot on steel, you get to move and shoot in the Grove. X Helio and Franklin Armory will also be there for product demonstrations, and there's going to be all kinds of cool fun. It's 100 bucks or $20 if you're a 10-ring member. If you're not a 10-ring member, sign up today. Go to San Diego County Gunowners.com, sign up to become a 10-ring member. If you want to go to Gun Owners Radio Range Day on April 23rd, nice outdoor uh, good time, go to gunownersradio.com and sign up. That's about this cocktail hour. If you are a 10-ring member for San Diego County Gun Owners, <laughs> we are having- the best part. Well, no, that's coming up. That's a whole, it's a separate event. It's, oh, I yeah, thought it was part of it. Nope, March 30th. It's on Thursday. So every other month, we're going to have a, um, like a meet and greet cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. And then every other month, we're going to do sporting clays. Oh, that's cool. So January was uh, meet and greet the uh, sheriff. And then last month was going to be sporting clays. We got rained out. Yep. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, uh, it's a rain. Yeah. You so, know better than most. Yeah. At least so, you get your clothes washed while you're yeah, driving your Jeep. I know, right? This month is uh, meet and greet uh, cocktail hour. Um, with, it uh, it's It's at the butcher shop. It is Supervisor Joel Anderson. Who ah, was, cool, little Joel. Who is also Senator Joel Anderson, who is also Assemblyman Joel Anderson, and an anonymous SEAL Team 6 operator who's going to come and talk about what it's like to be on SEAL Team 6, going to answer wow. all your questions. But this is a private event. You can only attend if you are a 10-ring member and you RSVP. So if you are a 10-ring member and you're listening, please RSVP. If you're not a 10-ring member, this is a fantastic time to become a 10-ring member. If you'd like to upgrade or become a member, Ten Ring is uh, our highest uh, uh, membership, and it's hundred dollars per month or one thousand dollars per year. It helps us do what we do so well, and it also uh, gets you involved in some of the Ten Ring events that we have. So, Ten Ring Cocktail Hour, March thirtieth, Thursday. It's at the Butcher Shop. Invite RSVP, I should say, only Ten Ring member only. If you have any questions, go to San Diego County Gun Owners dot com. Email us, and we'll help you out. 
Subscribe and win while you're at the Gun Owners Radio website checking out the Gun Owners Radio range day. Subscribe to the email and you could win a cool prize. I think uh, this was from the meetings last uh, last week. We had our our meetings down here in San Diego, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a bunch of people sign up. So I think this winner was somebody from the uh, from the meeting. So this week's winner is. I had to do a different one. I, I'm getting tired of the drum roll, so I had to use my lips. Do you feel better now? No, no, not at all. What was you I was trying. I was my that was my drum roll. With uh, right no, now. It's that's a, not a drum. I, roll. I ain't no. Uh, what, what's that guy from? Uh, not Beverly Hills Cop, but oh, Police Academy. I can't do the sound effect <laughs> like you. Yeah. Well, it's uh, if that was Taco Bell, if I've never heard it. It's, <laughs> it's good job. Good good job, brother. Thank you. Thank okay, you. the winner is Richard. Latinetti. 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 Yeah, Latinetti. I hope I said that correctly. Richard, we're going to get a hold hey, of you. Hey, we don't carry one. The what? He doesn't carry one. I know, you won. So we're going to get a hold of you and make sure that you get what you need. Members, win free training, pistol 2.5 class with active shooter defense, school. Oh, this is another winner. Okay, cool. So um, this is another winner for a drawing that we had. Um, and the winner is Michael, Michael Lominek. L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K. Why don't we get the winners to either be Smith or Jones <laughs> or something like that? Maybe you and I should probably learn how to read them. Yeah, maybe we should. So uh, you win the uh, Pistol 2.5 class with Active Shooter Defense School, which is Matt Clear. He's awesome. Okay, curtain call. Where's Alicia? Alicia, well, unfortunately, Alicia is going to have to do her, her curtain call next week. But, right. uh, but hey, I want to talk real quick about the 511 thing. Yeah, let's talk about it. It actually went really, really well. Um, you know, 511 now has three locations in San Diego, Mission Valley, which we were at mm-hmm. their grand opening, and Oceanside. Mm-hmm. We were at their grand opening a few years ago, and then now in, in El Cajon. They have uh, committed to doing a lot more with San Diego County gun owners and doing a lot more with Orange County gun owners and, of course, Inland Empire as well. They're really, Although they found out that you were a nice person. They, they, they always knew. They just yeah. were reminded. But it actually went really, really well, um, and I thank all the members who got the email and reached out to 511 and said, hey, we'd really like San Diego County Gun Owners to be a part of your your, uh, your grand opening. And I want to thank all the members who, who attended on Saturday. It was a lot of people. I was going to say it had to be packed. I was there Thursday, Yeah. and he goes, we were talking, and I asked him about if he knew Action Jackson. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I says, well, I says, go, he says, go, go away, go leave and come back Saturday. <laughs> I said, but I want to buy, no, you're getting 20% off if you yeah. come back Saturday. 20% and off. I'm thinking to myself, okay, right now there's three of us in the store. If I come back Saturday, there's probably 3,000 in the store. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of people. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, they kind of a pain. You're a social butterfly. Uh, I try. Well, but anyway, but Jackson, I heard it. I heard, he did. He got. He was. Was he the star? Oh, of course. He was signing autographs and uh, you know, <laughs> taking us. pictures. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Him and Chase. But everybody did. Uh, everybody was really great. They had a, a, a all kinds of vendors. Did you buy anything? I didn't. Uh, I didn't buy yeah. anything. Yeah. I could only. Sh- I showed up and. Helped. I love their clothes. First, by the way. Yeah, they make great products. I I only showed up uh, for a couple few hours. I showed up. I was there at nine to help uh, Blake. Blake, by the way, thank you so much for setting everything up and making that booth a success. Um, so, just how many did you sign up? 
Uh, there were 14 or 15 new members on Saturday. Wow, yeah. that's strong. Yeah, they really kicked butt. We had a bunch of people. We had a bunch of members. You know, we put out the call and said, "Hey, uh, we need you to come down, support yeah. this whole, yeah. this whole thing." So we had a bunch of people you didn't there call helping. Me. I emailed you. You never read my emails. Are you not getting our emails? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, we'll get our the only time you email me is when where's your payment? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I'll uh, I'll double check, but I didn't I didn't see it. I'll look in spam. No, maybe maybe you spammed us. You like spam? I do. On, I do. on rice, a little no, little uh, little I'll sauce. Make a little Sammy out of it. <laughs> I like spam. Wrap it in seaweed. You can tell I'm hungry. <laughs> it's been a long day. But uh, the event went great. Thank you all for attending. Thank you all for paying attention. Uh, we definitely, uh, uh, you know, made a splash in a very good way. So that's yeah. that's a good. Thing. And if you've never been to Five Eleven, it's got some great gear for the shooter out there. Even though yeah. they started out, you know what Five Eleven stands for? Well, I believe it has something to do with mountain climbing. Yeah, it's a mountain climbing, and it's yeah, a degree of difficulty on a mountain. Is that the hardest, 511? I think so. And so now, you know, they used to just have all your mountain gear. Well, now they've got everything. They've got all your vests and, you know, carry your weapons in, and I bought their shoes. It's That's also what I lie to people about when I uh, tell them how tall I am. 511? 511. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, 510? Actually, I honestly used to be 5'11". I've shrunk significantly. Well, I have, too. And my foot, my shoe size got bigger. I'm like 5'9". Your shoe size got bigger? Well, so I squished down, yeah. and then my feet extended. Yeah. I was a 9 and a half, now I'm a 10. I was, uh, I was almost 5'11". Check 5 your 11. shoe size. Check your shoe size. No, my shoes have always... I've always I've, I have uh, Fred Flintstone feet. So yeah. I've always, I've but they're wearing, bigger now, I bet you, than they were before. I've been wearing a 13 really wide since I was like 14. And you're still wearing them? <laughs> Yeah, well, and your feet hurt. Yeah, because well, because they've grown. The, <laughs> no, they uh, smoosh out. The toes go forward. But I had you know I had back surgery and I lost like an inch and a half, two inches. Can you believe that? Oh, oh, back in the day. Yeah, they, they took a disc out. And boom, I'm five nine. You feel better? Yeah. Yeah, your back goes out all the time. Yeah, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather have the disc. Back. I'd rather be five eleven. I think I'd rather be five eleven too. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. You know, folks, a lot of companies really waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. They just design. The design might be excellent. The photos are beautiful. And your website looked great on your phone, but it's not getting customers. Why? Because you don't know how. You don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy uh, buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule an Appointment button. That's SageTree.com and click on the Schedule a Call button. Hey, we got John Dillon on the line. By chance? Yes. yes, you do. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. There he is. How you doing, Hollywood? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Are you busy? Yes, very busy. <laughs> Welcome to California. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good busy, too. Uh, you know, and 
to foreshadow a little bit of what we're talking about. It's, it, we're getting busy winning. What is there something? Oh, is, there, wow. is there something you can tell us? I, well, we want to talk about the injunction, but, yeah. but before we get into that, is there something you can tell us? Yeah. So, um, you know, no new uh, orders have come out from the courts, but uh, I have high hopes in, in a couple good ones coming out soon. Uh, namely to do with uh, the Assault Weapon Control Act. I, I, I have a feeling we're going to be successful in that matter. Feels like it. Yes. I, I get, do, get it, um, John, for folks maybe that just tuned in or they're not aware of it, why don't you give us a little you know, crib notes of what you're talking about? Yeah, so um, you know, there are a whole number of cases that have been filed uh, against the state of California for its you know, various infringements on the right to keep and bear arms. One of which was uh, a challenge to the state's assault weapon ban. Um, you know, all the the papers have been submitted on that, and we're just waiting for the court's decision. Um, you know, recently uh, we had a great decision come out of the Bolin v. Bonta case, which was a challenge to provisions in California's handgun roster requirement. So, um you know, in California, you can't just buy any handgun you want. You have to only buy a handgun that's listed on uh, the California's, you know, safe handgun roster. The problem being is since 2013, we haven't seen a new semi-automatic handgun be added to that roster. Uh, and that's because the roster, to get on the roster, you're required to meet these standards that are, uh, you know, they don't do anything for safety, but also... Uh, are just non-existent and impossible. Um, so basically, you have a case, or this roster requires three main things, uh, a loaded chamber indicator, a magazine disconnect mechanism, and technology that's referred to as micro-stamping technology. And that essentially the theory of it is anytime you fire a weapon, the firing pin and some other part of the firearm stamps onto the casing of the bullet the serial number of the gun and where the bullet was fired from. And the, uh, the DOJ and the state of California in their dreamland, they think that this is somehow going to help with, you know, catching bad guys or law enforcement. And the problem being is this is a theory in the sense of this technology doesn't exist. It's never been implemented on a firearm ever. Uh, and, and no manufacturer has done this. So, uh, they require something that can't be done, and they do that because they want to prevent Californians from using, you know, modern technology. Uh, right now, you're basically limited to guns that were made 17 years ago. So the injunction so, was was because uh, there's a lot of bad information going on or going yeah. out about the injunction. They didn't strike down the roster. They didn't, you know, yeah. the, it, it, the roster hasn't gone away, and, and my guess is it probably is never going to go away. Um, well, maybe, maybe not, uh, but we can talk about that a little bit. If John works harder. <laughs> and do you still have to remove three guns to put a gun on the roster? Under this injunction, I believe that's still, that wasn't challenged. Oh, okay. Uh, so, that's, we, we, so to add a little information, because I know my, Michael's right when he's saying that there's a lot of disinformation out there. So in the Boland v. Bonta case, they challenged these three provisions in the roster requirements. Again, the loaded chamber indicator, magazine disconnect, and micro-stamping. 
And so the court issued an injunction on those three requirements to get on the roster. So the roster is still there. It still exists. And the roster itself has not been enjoined. So the state can still require, uh, you know, the test. Yeah, they can require all of that. Now, that being said, we have uh, some good news in that that wasn't the only uh, challenge to the roster, provisions in the roster that uh, is in California. So basically, um, let's see here. There is another case. It's Rena v. Bonta. And now this is actually a broader challenge to the California roster. And because of the injunction that went out a few days ago in the Bolin case, the court actually requested a status conference. Um, and that conference was on the 22nd, so just a few days ago. And essentially... Uh, and, and in this case, the Rena case, it's a broader challenge to the roster. So it's not just the three provisions. And the judge called everyone in because they actually had their oral arguments on their own preliminary injunction in Rena. Um, and based off of that status conference, you know, the DOJ admitted that the Rena case is a broader challenge um, to the handgun roster. And essentially, the court's going to take into the into account the decision that happened in Bolin in, you know, issuing its decision in the Rena case. So we we may have another uh, case coming out here that has to do with the handgun roster that will you know give us a favorable decision. OK, so but let's let's talk about some specifics here. So um, the, all they didn't get the uh, the Bolin case didn't get rid of the. Uh, roster, it just got no. rid of the three provisions, three of the provisions that make it impossible to get on the roster. So what has? Yeah, so, go ahead. As you say, yeah. Um, so those three, those are probably like the biggest hurdles for any new gun right. to be added to the roster, especially micro stamping. Micro stamping made it's it impossible. where no gun can it's be impossible. added because so, it doesn't exist. So now, yeah. it, and and it doesn't look like they're going to appeal it. We only we got about another week. On the timeline. Yeah, well, remember, you know, that it, it takes a few days to get things together. So, you know, hope for the best, but, you know, plan for the worst. I, you know, I always say it's the state. They get to appeal these decisions with our tax money. So yeah. why not, you know? So here, but here's the here's the thing. Let, let's just say they don't appeal it and the injunction stands against the three provisions. Mm-hmm. Glock, for let's just take Glock, for example, to get their, their Gen 5s on the roster. They, I mean, because they still have to get their guns on the roster in order to sell them in San Diego. They just don't have to get the micro stamp and the chamber indicator, et cetera. Yeah, so basically they would still have to submit, through, I think it's three models of any gun that they want uh, onto the uh, the roster. And basically those guns would be submitted to drop testing <laughs> and various requirements that, in essence, every modern handgun can essentially pass these tests. because. Right. Each manufacturer has to do all these tests already. Otherwise, you know, because if they didn't do this type of stuff, if the gun just would go off anytime you dropped it, then that manufacturer is going to be liable down the road. Right. You know, so these things are already done. 
So I, it won't but it, but really be a but it's, hurdle anymore to get on the road. Yeah, but it's going to take months. Where I'm going with this is yeah, it, it's going to take – It's not an immediate, you know, hey, go buy a new Glock Gen 5 tomorrow type thing. It's going to take uh, months just to make it through the lab. The lab's in Maryland. The test will take months and months. And then the actual paperwork to get onto the roster is up to the California DOJ, which, again, could take months. So this, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably at least six months. Um, at least, yeah, yeah. But you know, and, and you know, that's if the DOJ doesn't drag their feet, um, which, which I think they probably will. That happen. Yeah. But, but then we go to Dave's question: What? Ha- I mean, would, would let's just take Glock for example. If Glock says, "Hey, we're going to take these whatever ten Gen fives uh, and put them on the roster," would they then have to remove? Like, how do they, you know? See what I'm saying? Like then, yeah. how, would they have they'd remove their Gen threes, but it would end up. What happens? You know what I'm saying? Like, like even if we do wait the whatever six months and they can get their guns on the roster, that you know that plus one minus three thing is a huge problem. What what happens there? No, it is, and, and the the Rena case is challenging. It's a broader challenge to the roster. So think of this: the Bolin case. It's a huge win. It, it's it's awesome to have, but it's you know it's the stepping stone. You know, these laws that California's put in place, you know, over the last couple of decades, they're you know they're just compounding over on top of each other and making it hard. So to get it back to where we actually have our right to keep and bear arms, it, you know, it's a chipping away process. And we in this Bolin case just tipped off a big section for sure. So, so we're, we're still talking step. years. We're talking years before we, we're really going to be able to buy something off roster. Or well, I, it all depends. You know, if the Renna case goes forward, they get a preliminary injunction there, and we have a broader restriction on the roster requirement, then, you know, it's not years. You know, then it's, hey, you know, buy and sell guns like any other state in this country. I see. So the Renna case, so the, so the Bolin case could crack open the Renna case. The Rena case really truly would eliminate the roster. Yeah, that then, that would have much broader implications in, in the challenge to the roster itself. Um, and again, so if the roster is enjoined, well, then you know, uh, then we don't have to go through all that process to, to get a new handgun. It's just you go to your FFL, you do your background check, you get your gun. So what do you, and you, how do you feel about? It? about that as a there's so many possibilities aren't there john it's almost i i hate to even speculate well what's some other let's not even speculate let's just kind of give a couple of different possibilities which we've already done but what what do you think uh you know so now we're just waiting for the judge to issue some kind of statement on the uh rena case is that what we're doing yeah, we're waiting on the judge to order, uh, you know, make the same kind of order on whether or not they're going to issue a preliminary injunction in the Renna case. Um, if we get a, you know, that preliminary injunction, what the, the, the plaintiffs requested there, then again, that'll be a huge uh, chip off the, the shoulder there, and we'll we'll be able to, you know, use both of those as kind of leverage to keep pushing against more of uh, the, you know, bogus young people. Wow. It could definitely open up the roster if both of these are successful. Okay, so we don't get you very often, so you need to stick with us for another segment. What do you think? Sounds good. All right. We're right here on Gun Owners Radio.
FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's, say, 100 pounds heavier? Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's totally free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. The program is also available in Orange County and the Inland Empire. Get help today at notmesd.org. All right, back with us is John Dillon, the uh, infamous gun attorney right here in San Diego. In fact, if you ever got pulled over by a police officer and you happen to have weapons in your car, first person you should call is not your mother. You should call John Dillon. <laughs> Serious? <laughs> but yeah. Sarah, I wouldn't call my I would, mother. I, I, I'd, yeah. I'd least, call John Dillon. I'd call him for you all kinds of reasons. Don't say anything to law enforcement. That's officer. right. That's don't say thing. nothing. I see nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. I'll tell you that 90% of the time, and I, if I get a call, someone will tell me the story, and I'll, unfortunately, they're just like, yep, I told him this. I was honest about that. Oh I said God. this. I gave him permission to search this. And now I have all these charges. I don't know what happened. I was cooperating. <laughs> yep. What what's the uh what is the what what is the most I guess you kind of just answer that. But how, what what's you give some advice. Like just tell people what. I you know, I I uh um, am I being detained? Am I free to go? Don't you know, let them search your vehicle or what's the most common yeah, mistake? The, the, the only thing you need to say to any law enforcement officer if they're talking to you in a professional capacity is I'm going to invoke, I'm going, I'm invoking my right to remain silent and I'm invoking my right to have my attorney present before any more questioning continues. And then you shut up. That would, that would eliminate, you know, 90% of people getting in trouble and getting bogus charges put on them. But what if if they just invoke their rights and shut up? What if they give you a, a, what if they give you a really nice donut and a drink and they pretend to be your friend though? Yeah, well, they will. They can <laughs> pretend to be your friend. They can lie to you. They can put pressure on you. They can do all sorts of tactics to start making you talk. Uh, but as long as you say those things, I invoke my right to remain silent, and I want my attorney present before any questioning continues, they can't anymore. they got to stop. So, you know, it, it makes life just so much easier for both you, the person being questioned, and potentially me, your lawyer, if I have to come into that situation, it's you know just a sigh of relief when I get a call saying, "Yeah, I didn't say anything, and I invoked my right to an attorney." It's like a wonderful situation if that happens. What about the intimidation factor? Because I think when you know law-abiding citizens they get stopped by a police officer, I think they're afraid to say, "I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to an attorney." They're afraid they're going to get yeah. arrested. Well, they think well, and that that may happen. You may get arrested, uh, <laughs> you know, for various reasons. You meaning they, they put you in handcuffs to take you down the, to, you know, the the station. But th- this is the thing: uh, if you keep maintaining your rights through that process, well, then you get your lawyer, and you can de- and your lawyer can deal with all that later. 
you know, uh, the problem being is, you know, and, and the context of this is we're talking about all these bogus firearms laws that are in California that can get people into big trouble mm-hmm. through various technicalities. The biggest one, <coughs> excuse me, you know, like the assault weapon laws that are in this state. If you don't have your gun with the right configuration and the right parts in, in a system that changes the definitions of everything every few years and expands the definition of what an assault weapon is, well, then you, you know, you get caught and you're a good person. You never committed a crime. You're just coming home from the range and, you know, you get pulled over. And the, the unfortunate thing is, is innocent people generally, they think that, oh, well, as long as I'm honest and I right. cooperate, you know, they'll understand that I'm a good person. I didn't mean anything. I'm not trying to break the law. And it's just an accident. Uh, but th- this is the thing. Cops, they're law enforcement. They're not law, oh, I understand your situation. They're law enforcement. Their only job is to enforce the law. So if you've broken the law, being cooperative or being nice, you know, it really is not a defense uh, when you're in court, you know, a month later. So that's a big thing. I don't even know if it's so much intimidation is... Yeah, it's it's not really. It's not that they're intimidated or, or, or afraid. It's that they're going, hey, wait a minute. I'm a good guy. I'm a yeah. good person. I'm not a career criminal. I haven't done anything wrong. And so they think that the police officer knows that. And the reality yeah. is that police officer is not your friend. I don't care yeah, if you have care. your back the blue bumper sticker or if you have your American flag with the blue ribbon, whatever, and all that, blah, blah, blah. That's not That cop's not your friend. Right. He's on the job. He or she's on the job. He or she, their job is to figure out what is going on here. Is there has a crime right. been committed? Is there a reason? Whether you're a yeah. good guy or a bad guy. And I'm sitting here going, hey, I'm a good guy. He and I are buddies. We're friends here. We're both on the same side. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're handcuffing me. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. So let me yeah, ask you this loaded yeah. question, John, because I've had a couple of people ask me, and I kind of told them yes. 760-642-7150. Is that 24-7? Is that 24-7? Well, it's definitely the answering machine can be 24-7. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, because I just, because if yeah, I'm, if I'm up against, if they got me yeah, on the hood I, of the car. Yeah, I get you know. forwarded everything. So any message that's left, it's forwarded to me. So if there's an emergency in the middle of the night, like I will get a notification for that. Okay. All right. I mean, because, you know... That's the number to call 24-7. It's just that he may not be picking up. Well, he's not going to pick up necessarily. Well, he's got kids. He'll be up. (laughs) He doesn't sleep. How many more have you got now? Second Amendment doesn't sleep. I got got three kids, uh, almost three cows, uh, and a whole lot of other animals. (laughs) He's got a menagerie. I know. Yeah. Three cows. Uh, I don't think I want... Was that your cow running down the street in Fallbrook? No, my cows are nice. They don't run oh, anywhere. They're they nice. They're nice. Uh, they're trained. So stop distracting us from the issue at hand. All right. So let's talk <laughs> about right. gun laws. Yeah. All so right. all right, we talked about. Okay. So what else? So we talked about the roster. I think we pretty much got the right. Is there anything else we need to clear up about what's going on with the roster, or, do, or should we move on? Well, yeah. During the break, I just wanted. I, I went back and I was looking at the Rena case and the complaint filed there, uh, and and it is. It's a challenge to all of the California handgun ban statutes, which is the roster requirement statute. So if we get a favorable decision in Rena, uh, that would be huge. Um, and it's one of those things, Bonta, uh, you know, it, it's, 
you know, I, I, I don't want to be too hopeful, but that has really set the stage for a great decision out of the, the Rena case. So, and that would be a much broader challenge. Um, again, though, even if we get a favorable decision, the state can still appeal. There's still a hundred different things that can happen, but it, it could be very good. Well, who and who's the judge on the Rena case? Uh, the Rena case is uh, Judge Dana Sabrov. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And what, do we, we have no idea what a timeline is, do we? We don't know when, when, when the decision for the Miller case is going to come out, when a decision for the Renna case. We have no idea. There's no way to tell. When it, I, I thought the Miller decision would have already been out by now. Here we are in March. I was saying it was going to be out by January. So there's almost, there's, it doesn't seem like there's any good that can come of guessing what the timeline will be. Yeah, it's really hard to guess. You know, basically, you know, the, these, these are federal courts, federal judges. There's no time requirement that they have to get, you know, their orders out or written. Um, and that's mainly because, you know, all of these judges have a lot of cases in front of them. And a lot of these cases can be very complex. Uh, you know, just in the, the, the Miller case and so up in case, it was, I think it was 16,000 pages worth of evidence was submitted. So there's a lot to go through. Um, and again, the, the court in Miller is the, the same court in the, the Fouts the the roadie and the duncan uh cases and then they're all kind of on a, a, a similar timeline so that's you know four different orders that got to go out um so it, it you know may take a little while to get those orders but you know I, maybe we'll be rewarded for our patience i think and i'm not i know there are other i know what other cases are coming i know at least a handful of other cases that are coming i'm not allowed to talk about them yet are there cases that uh, you're allowed to talk about that we're not that we haven't talked about yet, or any announcements or anything you're allowed to make? Yeah. So uh, recently, uh, just uh, last week, uh, I filed a new case in the Southern District of California, and, and it's a Second Amendment challenge. It's a little different than I think what most people expect when they hear uh, Second Amendment challenge, but it is a challenge to the state of California's ban on switchblade knives. Nice. So we've got to remember. The right to keep and bear arms is the the phrase we're dealing with. It's not the right to keep and bear firearms, and, and so arms encompasses much more than just a gun. It encompasses, you know, knives, swords, body armor, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and you know, California is a unique state in that they ban all sorts of knives and other instruments that they, you know. They refer to them as dangerous weapons. Um, I always say this when I when I talk to people: if you let me search your house, I could probably find some item that the state has prohibited possession of, um, and considered it some weird dangerous weapon. But you probably bought it when you were 11 years old and you've been sitting in the back of your closet for two decades. <laughs> what's so, What's the name of this case? <clears throat> Knife Rice v. Bonta. Knife Rights versus Bonta. Okay, cool. Knife Rights, yeah. that's an organization out of Arizona? Yes. Okay, cool. And uh, so in that, we're challenging the ban on switchblades. So in California, you can't have any switchblade knife, and all that means is to open up the knife, you press the button, and it opens up. There's no difference between a switchblade knife and an assisted opening folding knife. You know, once a knife is open, it's a knife. We're not... You know, we're not talking about grenade launchers or bazookas, which, you know, if you talk to me, I'll have my arguments for those individual items. 
we're literally talking about folding pocket knives uh, that state bans, and they ban it for no reason. The laws that you know that they've put in place to ban these items have saved no one. They've helped no one, and they only put uh, you know undue restrictions on people's ability to have arms and self-defense. Maybe not everyone wants to carry a firearm, but a lot more people are comfortable carrying a knife. I think some of the plaintiffs are, are San Diego County Gun Owners members too, aren't they? Yes, they are. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Hey, it's great talking to you again. Can't wait for the next time we see you. Again, that <laughs> phone number That phone number is... Whoop, got to go to the right page. <laughs> I'll help you out. 760-642-7150. You're the man. All right, bud. Take right. care of them cows, and we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. See you. All right, Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. AM 1170, the answer. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. Pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists. Because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 Critical Response Team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com, G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. uscca.com slash G-O-R. All right, guess what it's time for? Uh, stump my nephew. There it is. Everybody's favorite segment, Dave. Yes, indeed. I really do. Do you, I get a lot of a lot of people ask about this? Oh, segment. I get it all the time. Yeah, this is probably the most. They go, Are you sure you don't tell him the questions? I go, No, because I don't even know the answers unless I read them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even after that, even after that. But the yeah, guy, I don't understand how the guy is just extremely knowledgeable. He is. Stump my nephew. How you doing, Sam kid? Sam is my nephew. If you send in a question, we read it on the air. Give you a hat or shirt. If you stump my nephew, we'll give you a nice special prize. So, Sam, how's it going, bud? Good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Are you ready for this week's question? I hope so. You've been throwing me a lot of hard ones lately. Yeah, no kidding. They have been kind of difficult. You, yeah, you, but you you got last week's. I was going to say you cleaned up last week. Yeah, you cleaned up last week. All right. All right, here we go. This is Tony from Houston. Texas? I don't know. That's a good question. There's no Houston in California that I'm yeah. aware of. I don't know. There's there another, I'll bet you there's probably not another Houston anywhere. I wouldn't think so. It's named after a dude. Oh, and it's talking about your favorite movie. In Star Wars, the Tusken Raiders had a rifle based on which real-world firearm? The In Star Wars. Um, so the... Star Wars is known for um, a lot of the props, especially the weapons, being uh, based on cut-up, real-life firearms, usually World War II surplus, because that stuff was, I guess, cheap and available in the the 70s and early 80s, Um, much to the chagrin of collectors now, because everyone wants a C-96 to chop it up and make it into a blaster pistol instead of to appreciate the history, but that's beside the point. 
The Tuscan Raiders, uh, they, if I understand correctly, uh, now I, I might be confusing what the prop guns are actually made of versus what they were inspired by. I believe they're inspired by the uh, the traditional Giselle, which is uh, used in Afghanistan and has been for hundreds of years. Flintlock <laughs> long rifle uh, musket that is... Uh, usually very elaborately decorated, handmade by local craftsmen. Here's how, here's how dumb Dave and I were. As soon as you said that, Dave and I both, because it's not the first word in yeah, the answer. I <laughs> Dave and I both like read the first couple of sentences. Yeah, looking for Giselle. We know it's in there someplace. We just know it is. Yeah, we're, we, neither one of us are sure if it was with a, with a G or a J, but we're looking, and then we saw it. We both went, oh, he got it. All right, my friend, you're absolutely right. Called a Tuscan... Cycler, the weapon is based on the real-world Giselle, long-barreled muskets used by the Pashtun tribesmen against British colonial troops. Giselles were generally handmade weapons, and uh, consequently, they varied wildly in their construction. Giselles were seen as a very personal weapon, and unlike the typical military weapons of the time, which were very plain and utilitarian, Giselles tended to be well crafted and were usually intricately decorated with long barrels. I have a buddy of mine who uh, was in the army and was attached to. Um, he did like like I guess um, uh, he supported a special forces unit, um, and right it was anyway he was one of the first you know units into Afghanistan after uh, uh, 9-11 and in two thousand one and and he talked a lot about this. Um, he talked a lot about how uh, the locals were uh, had these like really uh, decorative guns. He said it was kind of interesting in that they'd be very decorative, very very beautiful and whatever, and then they'd be like missing a stock, so they'd have like a you know like a like a you know like a club, you know, duct taped to the to it. You know what I mean? So they were clearly at one time, you know, very beautiful and nice and whatever, but they'd also you know, probably just got done fighting Russians for a couple of decades. So they had to do what they had to do in order to make them functional as well. But uh, it was very interesting listening to him talk about the kinds of firearms that they that they carried around. And everybody just had one. Everyone just had a gun. That's just how it was. So how do you well, remember? How did, it's, it's that or you don't survive. And it's a pretty rough part of the world, hostile environment. It's very true. How do, you, do you remember how you picked up that piece of knowledge? Uh, I don't, but it's it's a pretty distinctive weapon if you've ever seen one or even heard mention of one. Uh, Rudyard Kipling actually uh, writes about them in his poem, Arithmetic on the Frontier, which uh, I, I think I, I brought up in one of my blog posts a few months ago, but um, that's a uh, an interesting and impactful poem. You should all read it. Very cool. Awesome. What uh, speaking of your uh, the articles that you write? What uh, what's your most recent article? Uh, my most recent blog post from this past Monday is called "You're Preparing for the Wrong Apocalypse," <laughs> and um, it's yes, I'm speaking a bit polemically, but I think I have a good point to make, and uh, that point being basically, you are not Mad Max. Every anyone listening to this, you are not Mad Max. You are not Snake Plissken. You are not Career 6 or any of your other post-apocalyptic uh, heroes. Uh, the 
I uh, working in a gun store, I heard a lot of people, uh, usually customers, talking to each other about like, you know, oh, this is my apocalypse gun and, and that's my apocalypse gun. Like, what kind of apocalypse are you preparing for with a plate carrier with level four ceramic in it? Um, because the, the point is that it is possible that there might be the, their, their fantasy total society collapse scenario at some point in the next couple hundred years. It's possible. It is likely that within the next five to ten years, anyone listening to this, um, especially if you're outside California uh, in, in a place that has more weather, it is likely that you will experience a severe weather event or other natural disaster which will cut off lines of supply and communication and utilities. So before, you know, it's, it's great to be prepared for everything, but let's get our priorities straight. Before stocking up on 10,000 rounds of ammunition in case uh, of a nuclear attack, maybe you should stock up on two weeks worth of food and water, medical supplies, blankets, fuel, in case oh, I don't know, there's a major blizzard like there just was in California or like there is out here every few years. I think that's all excellent advice. I think uh, um, it's it's the way uh, – um, I, I, that's not just uh, – uh, you know, I, I have lived my life that, that, that exact way. And I got to tell you, um, you know – with with all due respect, all the folks who told me about uh, you know how they were all ready to go when 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 it comes to standing in the face of an oppressive government and apocalypse and you know whatever all that other malarkey, uh, you know where were you during COVID? Mm. You were complying, right? You were sitting in your house complying. Um, you know you didn't even. I'm not saying that they you know should have started pulling triggers, but you guys wouldn't even show up at city council meetings. You know so. You know, not one of you is going to do anything, uh, at, you know, remotely apocalyptic. So it's, 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 you know, and I don't say that because I think it. I say it because you've all proven it to me. Um, you, you cowered in your, in your house, you know, you, 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 uh, you sat there and let everything happen. Half of you went and got vaccinated, um, you know, and uh, it's, it tur- turned out that all, everything I'd been hearing for a decade prior was just a lot of tough talk. So, you know, just prepare for a hurricane, you know, just prepare for, you know, an outage and stop pretending like, uh, you know, you're going to do something tough because you're not, uh, you already proved it. (laughs) Um, so I think that it's extremely practical advice. Um, and I think it's an excellent article, you know, and there's really, when you're, when you're doing some kind of, you know, practical preparation, you know, all you got to do is kind of think to yourself, well, what won't be available if uh, you know if infrastructure, you know, stops? And really, it's you know, it's medical, it's fire, it's law enforcement, you know, it's food, you know. That, that's you know, and, and you just kind of figure out. All right, well, I'm going to need some first aid. I'm going to need something to protect myself. I'm going to need some fire extinguishers. I'm going to need some water and food. And it's not that hard. Most of the stuff you can get at Home Depot. You know, it's it's not that hard to prepare you don't have to have a bomb shelter you you don't certainly don't have to survive you know for you know five years in a post-apocalyptic you know that's ridiculous no one's you're not going to do that anyway so i should stop digging a hole in my backyard no keep digging okay good (laughs) well luckily uh luckily there are there are good sources of information on all this stuff this isn't just hypothetical um for 
some guidance as to how you should prepare. Just look at within recent memory, within a generation or two, uh, survivors of Hurricane Katrina 2005, um, the Balkan Wars throughout the 90s, especially the siege of Sarajevo, which lasted something like four years, um, other events like that. Uh, look at what people were most without, what people most needed, and how they got by in those circumstances. Right. Toilet, Excellent. Toilet paper. Yeah, definitely. Excellent job. Uh, you can find it on San Diego com. You can find it at OrangeCountyGunOwners.com. You can find it on InlandEmpireGunOwners.com. Just go to the blog section. Congratulations on another blog. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic job, Sam. Thanks, buddy. You're Thanks. the best. Good night. All right, folks. We're going to call it a night. Hope you had as much fun as we had. This is Gun Owners Radio. But first, you need to stop by our advertiser, San Diego County Gun Owners. Join. Orange County Gun Owners. Join, too. Empire, uh, Inland Empire Gun Owners. Join again. The Dillon Law Group. Keep his number. Sage Street. San Diego Flight Training International. U.S. Concealed Carry. Big shout out to Michael Schwartz. And the man, Brendan Thomas. Hey, Mr. Siegel is in the house. He's got a raw rocking show for you when he comes back. Make sure you don't touch that dial. Gunrunners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.